Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today is episode 17, the Sermon on the Mount, Love Your Enemies. Today is another tough message because Christ again raises the bar past what someone deserves by secular or worldly standards and pushes us to give people what they don't deserve, which would be God's standard. Today's message is something that challenges us to repentance yet again by updating our minds and turning away from old ways. But man, what a beautiful thing to strive towards. Let's see what our Lord says. In Matthew 5, 43 through 48, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on evil and on good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Here Christ is saying that worldly people and secular people hate their enemies. And that makes sense, right? It's like, why wouldn't I? That's my enemy. But as a Christian, we must ask, what makes you different? What sets you apart? He goes on to say that the landscape of this planet is both good and evil, and you all must navigate it as my followers. If you only love the people who love you back, then what makes you different? Evil people love people who love them. That makes you no different. If that's what evil people do, then that doesn't set us apart. Our Lord then asks, how can I reward you if your system of merit, let's say, is that of the worldly or secular? He closes by saying, the standard I have for my followers is perfection. And I think right now, let's start first with love, and then we'll, we'll talk about the perfection piece. So right now, I think it'd be fitting to define Christian love. Now, there's different types you've got. There's two types of love that I've been able to find in the Bible, which is agape and philea. And agape is the way Christ loves the church and the way a husband is supposed to love his wife. But philea, or philandros, is the way a wife is supposed to love her husband. So husbands, go study agape. We'll talk about it now. Wives, go study philea. Those are your two responsibilities regarding love. However, there's, there's more, but that's just an easy summary. So agape is unconditional, self-sacrificial, and volitional. That means voluntary. But that still doesn't capture everything, right? Because you can be tangled up in something that isn't godly, that can be unconditional, self-sacrificing, and voluntary. So it's, it's, it's an incomplete analysis to just simply state those three things because it doesn't capture everything. So we have to remember that love is not an emotion. We have to remember that. Now, does emotion accompany love? Yes, absolutely, but love is not an emotion. And it's a mistake to think that. Um, love is a verb. And we know that love is a verb and not an emotion because emotions throughout time ebb and flow. But our love is not allowed to ebb and flow by biblical standard. So our love for God with all our heart, mind, and soul first, and the love our neighbors as ourselves, which is second, that, that type of love can't ebb and flow because then we would be breaking the commandment. It's like, okay, today I love God, tomorrow I don't because I'm mad at him. Today I love God, tomorrow I don't because I'm mad at him. And the same thing with loving others. It's like, well, if it's emotion, then it's, 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 it's 
can almost be arbitrary and very childish, right? Love from an emotional standpoint is a child, childish type of love. It's, it's an immature love. Mature love is, is a verb through commitment. Now, let's try to make this definition of love as accurate as possible. And in order to do that, we have to capture God's intent with love and grace. So the purpose of God's love and grace is to bring sinners to repentance and for them to pursue holiness, goodness, and righteousness. And so if we look at godly love and godly grace through the lens of the way we're supposed to love others, there's really no other articulation, I think, than what St. Thomas Aquinas said about love. He said, love is to will the good of another. So now if we add the definition of agape and the flawless abstraction St. Thomas Aquinas pulled from studying God's love and grace, what we'll see is that true biblical love is to unconditionally, self-sacrificingly, and to voluntarily will the good of another, whether they love us back or not. That is perfect love. To love our enemies is to will them towards repentance. It's to will them towards goodness, towards holiness, towards righteousness. It is to urge them towards Christ for the well-being of their soul. Everything must point back to the Lord, and we must remember that. So now on to the hard part of today's message, the call to perfection. There's only one person, and it's important to clarify this, there's only one person who ever lived this life perfectly, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the greatest man to walk this planet. The second greatest man to ever walk this planet was John the Baptist, and we know this because Jesus Christ said so. If it's impossible for us to attain perfection, how then should we view the Lord's command to be perfect? And I think the answer to that can be summarized by a brilliant quote. And once I heard this, I was like, that's, that's what it means. That's what Christ means. So here's the quote. It is impossible to attain, excuse me, it is impossible to attain perfection, but if we chase perfection, maybe we can catch excellence. Well, that's, that's it. That's it, folks. You aim at perfection with all of your might, which is Christ, which is to love him with all your heart, mind, and soul. You aim at that. And then if we're diligent enough and we run the race, as Paul says, then maybe we can catch excellence. So there's, there's effort that's required. Now, it's, it's important when we're going through this to revisit the whole premise in Christianity, right? So after we hear something is difficult as a standard of perfection, then we have to point back to what the premise of Christianity is. So... The whole idea in Christianity is to, is to repent and believe by Greek definition, not English. That's number one. Number two is to deny ourselves. Number three, and that's, again, to deny ourselves is to love people, not how they treat us, but to will the good of another through their repentance. And it's a gesture of grace, right? So we deny ourselves of what we... Um, would be getting out of loving an enemy because, you know, that's not the idea there. You're denying yourself by willing the good of another even though they're an enemy and you're doing it for the well-being of their soul through Christ. Number three, to pick up your cross. Well, there's difficulty in that, right? There's struggle in loving an enemy. It's brutal, but we're called to do it anyways. Now, you don't have to feel good. See, that's the thing about this. You don't have to feel good about loving an enemy. It doesn't have to taste good to you. Now, I'm not saying do it reluctantly, but you're, you're, you're going to be upset. If there's an enemy, it's easy, it's easy to be upset. And remember, anger is not a sin. It's what we do with the anger. So yes, feel the anger and be upset, but pick up your cross, take the high road, and will the good of another who is your enemy. 
And that's, that's a mature integration of emotion, regulation, and the genuine pursuit of biblical love. And then the fourth thing is to follow him. And again, this is instruction from him. So if, inst- if it's instruction from him, it's a command because he's God and he's Lord and then we are to follow him. Because he's not a hypocrite. He lives by his own standards, right? Jesus never asks us to, to do anything he didn't do. Now, there's another way to look at picking up our cross, right? So to pick up our cross is to struggle against sin for our spiritual growth. And that's what it means to love your enemies, right? To will the good of another unconditionally. That's the struggle against our sinful nature to not want to like our enemies or not to love our enemies. And again, to follow Christ is the genuine pursuit of the path of perfection. Now, I've heard another brilliant quote that pins down, I think, the human condition perfectly. And this was from an Orthodox priest. He said, true angels never fall. Christian people fall and get back up. Demons fall and don't get up. Christians are literally caught between the landscape of good and evil. And so then we have to ask, what should be done about that? And Christ says, pursue the perfection I demonstrate. So, let us all demonstrate faith in Christ properly by trust, conviction, action, and obedience. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.